0: Romans chapter 1, verse number 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. Paul's writing to the church at Rome and and what he's saying is I want to be there with you. Some of us, I hope everyone, experienced that during COVID shutdowns when we couldn't come to church. I hope that you had this longing inside of you like Paul's talking about that I, 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 I want to be there. I'm praying for you. But I long to be there, that I might have a prosperous journey and come to you. For, he says, for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. He said, I long to see you that I could impart to you some spiritual gift. I want to talk to for, for a little bit this afternoon just from this idea, and that is spiritual impartation. I long to be with you that I might impart some spiritual gift to you. Can we lift our hands? I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. God, I thank you. You are a great king. Thank you that you would allow us to be here in your presence. I thank you... You're so good to us. You are beyond what we could ever deserve and you're beyond what we could imagine. I pray today, Father, that you will speak to us as individuals, speak to us as families. I pray that you will direct our minds, anoint me to speak exactly what you want spoken. And God, I pray that you will endorse, that you will confirm your word today and we will thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Now, every now and then... um, Uh, God gives us stuff before we've even believed Him for it. I call that, Brother Pat, I call that getting one on credit. Sometimes God gives it to us and and we haven't even asked for it yet. I call that getting getting it on credit. Now, I wish that right before we sat down, I don't know what God's going to do, but before we leave here, He's going to do something great. So why don't we just give Him some praise and thanks on credit. Because if you give God praise in advance for something he hasn't done yet, he's not going to ever owe us anything. So we're going to give him praise in advance. I, I know he's he's going to do something great. I, I, God, I give you praise right now. I'm thanking you. God, I've got some needs in my family and I need you to touch me and I believe you're going to do it. I'm thanking you in advance. I've got some questions about things I don't understand that are going on in my life. So right now, God, in advance, I'm going to thank you because you're going to turn the lights on for me. I thank you in advance. Praise God, and you can be seated today. Spiritual impartation, it is, I don't know that we talk about it all that much, but we're going to today. We talk about some of the examples of spiritual impartation in many of our Sunday school lessons and times of preaching and Bible study, probably the most uh, I don't know if famous is the right word or popular or the most recognizable example of spiritual impartation is that from Elijah to Elisha. We are familiar with the story, but I will retell it just a little bit. We're familiar with uh, Elijah knowing that he is going to die and Elisha following him wherever. He went. Elijah goes to Gilgal, and Elisha says, I'm going to follow after you. Elijah goes to, I don't remember all the places that he went. He crossed over the Jordan River into the wilderness, and and Elisha was still there by his side. At one point, Elijah looks at him and says, what do you want? In other words, why are you following me? And Elisha says that I might have a double portion of your spirit. Now, sometimes, Brother Pat, we, we, uh, we incorrectly preach that and say that Elisha wanted double the miracles of Elijah. Or double the ministry of Elijah. That's not what he said. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. I, whatever you've got going on inside of you that makes you tick, I want twice as much of it. Now, the result was that he followed him wherever he went, and Elijah was taken up in a fiery chariot, and the mantle of Elijah dropped down onto Elisha, and there was a transfer of ministry. And the miracles that Elijah did, Elisha would do, but he would do them uh, in twice the amount. So, so understand uh, at the very onset that one of the principles of spiritual uh, impartation is a multiplication. Okay, I, I just changed from being an English teacher to math teacher. I thought for sure in the first service, those of you who are here, whenever Brother Gartlett start, started talking about superlatives, that surely he was going to you know, do it, give us a little English lesson about superlatives. Anyway, but one of the principles of spiritual impartation is multiplication. Elijah did many miracles, but Elisha did twice as many miracles. Uh, so, so that's an example of spiritual impartation. Paul says to Timothy... He said, the gift that is in you, it is by the laying on of my hands. And he says, it is, in, it is because of the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. In, some, in other words, some gift was transferred from Paul to Timothy. Uh, there is a story in the Old Testament about Jacob, and we know that Jacob was a, uh, his, his name means supplanter, I, I refer to him as a con man, or uh, if there's no used car salesman in the building, I will call him a used car salesman, he is, he is a, he is a uh, by nature, by his very name, he was a swindler, and his favorite son was Joseph, Joseph had two boys, one's name was Ephraim, and one's name was Manasseh, Manasseh was the elder. And as Jacob lay on his dying bed, he was about to perish out of this world. Joseph brought his boys to Jacob that they might be blessed. And Joseph, understanding how spiritual impartation worked, he he took his oldest son, and he, he put him over here on Jacob's right-hand side. And he took his younger son, Ephraim, and put him over here on Jacob's left-hand side. And Jacob began to pray for those boys. But Jacob, being the, the uh, unpredictable kind of uh, supplanter that he was, whenever Jacob prayed for them... And he put his right hand on the younger. He put his right hand on Ephraim. And he put his left hand on the older. He put his left hand on Manasseh. And what he was doing was, through his right hand, which is the uh, symbol of power... Through that right hand, he began to bless the younger child to a greater extent than the older child. And if you study Bible uh, history or, or, or the scripture whatsoever, you will find out that Manasseh never even made it into the promised land. They were on the other side of Jordan. But Ephraim would go on into the promised land. There was something that happened. There was a spiritual impartation. So understand, when we lay hands on people, when we have church and we we talk about the presence of God moving and blessing people, it's not just some, uh, you know thing that we talk about. It's not just some uh, spooky spiritual, you know, to try to create hype or whatever. There is something real that happens, whether we see it or not. And what we need to strive for, here's the punchline of my message, is that every time we come together, we need to seek for a spiritual impartation. There, because... Just like in the life of Jacob, Joseph, and Ephraim, Brother Kevin, one spiritual impartation can change the destiny of a generation. It can change a family. And so when we come to church, when we gather together, we should be seeking after, looking for, desiring, and knowing that we must have spiritual impartation in the lives of people. It is what separates us from the Lions Club. It is what separates us from the AA meeting. And can I say it is what separates us from the denominal world? It is saying when we come into the church, we are expecting that God is going to do something supernatural to change lives. That there is going to be a spiritual impartation in the lives of people. Paul said, I have a desire that we can be together and that there can be spiritual impartation. Notice he didn't say, I have a desire to be with you that we can fellowship. But fellowship is good. He didn't say, I have a desire to be with you to teach you this Bible study that I've taught 73 times. I think you'll like it. Though Bible study is good, and on the 74th time it's still good. But he said, I have a desire to impart something supernatural to you. And that is what we must have and we must desire as a church, is an impartation every time we come together. The word impart, it means to give over or to share. Spiritual impartation is rarely done in such a way that a person gives away something that they have so they don't have it anymore. Let me show you what spiritual impartation is not. Come here, boy. How would you like to have a phone? That's not spiritual. I just, I just gave him a phone. I didn't, that, that's, that's a bad example. That is not spiritual impartation because now I don't have a phone no more. Spiritual impartation is where I take something that I have and I share it with him. Someone said it's like lighting a candle. Whenever you you have a candle, you go to how many how many go those have been to a wedding? You have that awkward moment where you got to light all those candles. I'm sorry, that just came out. (laughs) We'll be more spiritual. How many been to a candlelight service? Yeah, yeah, and and everybody in the room's got a candle, and it got lit by one lighter or one match. Or by one, one candle got lit and then it lit every other candle in the room. That is what spiritual impartation is like. It's taking something that is on the inside of you and giving it over to someone else. And whenever they've got it, you still got it as well. That's, that's why when Jesus would heal somebody of blindness, he didn't, lose his blind, he didn't lose his sight. You can sit down now, boy. Thank you. You're such a good prop. Yeah, give him a hand for standing When you lay hands on someone and they receive the Holy Ghost, you don't lose the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost just gets multiplied Uh, whenever uh, you impart something, it must be something that you have, and gifts, if you've got a gift to give, you got it somewhere so what I want to preach for a moment to the leaders in this room is, when you come to church, you ought to come with some gifts ready to be given away but if you're going to give away a gift, you've got to find one somewhere and gifts are found at an altar and gifts are found during fasting and gifts are found during early morning Bible study gifts are found when you have elders lay hands on you and you come to church ready to give your gift to someone that has, can I just preach what I really feel like? I think we need to get back to praying, God, how do you want to use me in this service today? We need to to find an altar before church, whether it's immediately before service or before we leave the house on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And we need to pray, God, how do you want to use me in this service today? And can I tell you, it may not be to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost, and it may not be to see the cripple walk. It may be because God's going to lead you how to pray for somebody. It may be that God's going to give you a word to speak because there's somebody discouraged on the pew and and, and God's going to use you to give them an encouraging word. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a spiritual impartation, something that is supernaturally... Y'all with me today? Sister Martha, can I step way out on a really, really thin theological limb and tell you that I believe that the gift of prophecy is not just for somebody to stand and say, Thus saith the Lord. Sometimes the gift of prophecy is for God to say, You know what? Brother Tim needs a word of encouragement. Just go tell him God loves him. And I can't find the scripture for that, but I do have one. Ask me after church. Brother John's always asking me for my scriptures. We need to come with the attitude, Brother Pat, how am I going to impart to someone in the church today? Because somebody's going to walk through those doors. Brother John already talked about it. Somebody's going to walk through those doors. And they don't need just another mundane church service. They need an impartation. and can. I- Can I tell you how I really feel? I want you to know that the preacher can't do it all. There is no way that whoever's ministering up here can minister to 100 people in the room and minister to every one of their individual needs. But I know a God who can touch every individual the way that they need it. And he uses people in the church to do that. God, give us a desire to impart to others what you have given unto us. Paul said, I am a debtor. What I received, I didn't pay for. Now I owe it to somebody else. Somebody shout, it's a gift. We need spiritual impartation. We must receive so that we can impart uh, spiritual impartation is primarily supernatural. We must have a supernatural experience. Can I back up for a moment? I've, been, I've shared with the, the ministry downstairs, the preachers, that uh, in the Garden of Eden there were two trees. In the Garden of Eden there were two trees. There was a tree of life, and there was a tree of... What was the other tree, Bible scholars? Knowledge. There is a tree of life, and there is a tree of knowledge. You can read through 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. It's somewhere. It's like Prego. You ever remember those Prego commercials? It's in there. And Paul talks about the letter or knowledge that killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So there are these two trees in the garden. And for every one of us, they are important. We need both knowledge but we also need supernatural life in our lives and every time that we come to church every time that we come together we ought to be eating fruit from both of those trees I hope that the minister that's why we do the fire starter so I make sure you get some good word now just laugh at that okay that's funny that's good stuff I hope that every time we come to church, you get some knowledge. I hope you get some word that puts some knowledge in your head that causes us to act differently. But the knowledge by itself is only half of what we need. We also need a spiritual touch. We need to eat from the tree of life because it is that power, it's that supernatural power that we must have to live. And so it is impossible for us to be the church that we need to be if we come together and then we don't have a move of God. That is why every service, this ministry staff, everybody in this building knows this, at the end of service, we are pressing for a move of the Spirit. We are intentional about, we're not just going to finish the... I don't, I don't care if the Bible study is on Mary had a little lamb. Which she did. I don't care if the Bible study is on Mary Had a Little Lamb. Brother John, when it's over with, we need the power of God to touch us. It, it's like eating a meal and not having anything to drink. We must have that water of the Spirit to flow into our lives. We must have that. So it doesn't matter what the, what the service is about. It doesn't matter what the preacher preached about or taught about. By the end of the service, we are seeking God and we are encouraging, encouraging others to seek after a touch of the Spirit because we need a spiritual impartation. So let me, let me talk about this for just a moment. I'm, I'm not going to preach very long, I don't think. But he said, I have this desire to impart some spiritual gift to you. So let me, let me, uh, first of all, say that whenever he said, I want to impart a spiritual gift to you, I don't believe in the least that he means I want to impart the gift of prophecy on you, or I want to impart the gift of healing on you, or the gift of Tongues and interpretation. I don't think that's what he's talking about all. He's, he's making a generic statement. That word gift, it, it, it means a, a grace gift, something freely given. By the way, it does not mean the gift of the Holy Ghost because that word gift is a totally different word in the Greek. But he says in a generic form, I want to impart some spiritual gift to you. It is whatever I have That you need. Well, I don't have anything to give. You know, that's the same thing that Peter and John said. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. I don't, Sister Martha, I don't even know if they knew they had healing in them. It was the first miracle of the New Testament church. But such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. It was it's a need or it's a gift to meet needs that are in the building. So let me be very clear. Whenever we come together, if if some if you or someone else has come with depression, I believe that God has joy and he's gonna use the people of God to give a gift of joy to folks. I believe that if you come into the house of God with anxiety, God's got a gift of peace, and he's gonna use the word and he's gonna use people to invest, impart the gift of peace. I believe if you've had a fight with mama on the way here and your marriage is a wreck, God's got a gift to help you get your marriage put back together. I'm talking about when we come together. God's got gifts, but He's going to use His church to impart them. God, help us to be ready to impart spiritual gifts. I, I just... Here, here is if I had a if I had a, a dream service it would be this people walk through the door with problems they walk out with their problems fixed they walk in the door with confusion they walk out the door with confusion wiped away they walk in the door with insecurity they walk out the door knowing that there's everlasting arms that are going to take care of them they walk in the door wondering if God is real and they walk out saying I don't know I, I, I walked in but I was changed by the power. I just want to see people change and it happens because of spiritual impartation. There's not a one of you sitting here today that you're here because the preacher taught a good enough Bible study. There's not one of you sitting here today because somebody witnessed to you good enough. You might have come the first time for that, but you came back the second time because God touched you. Because God made a change in your life. Because a spiritual gift was imparted. What was the purpose? He said, I have, I have a desire to, to impart some spiritual gift to you to the end that you may be established. Again, I don't want to downplay those nine gifts of the Spirit that the Apostle Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. But I don't think that's what he's talking about here. He is talking about, he he says, I want want to impart to you a supernatural, a spiritual gift so that you will be established. That word established just simply means strengthened. It's not talking about some some great healing of of a paralytic. It's talking about people with needs coming in and God supernaturally injecting strength into their life to go on another day to... So where does spiritual impartation happen? Let me let me just let me just tell you how spiritual impartation happens to me. You know when you know when God talks to me and gives me most of my messages. Now I think I make most of the titles up, Brother John, because you make me. Do you know where God gives me most of the thoughts that I get to preach? It's usually sitting on the platform listening to somebody else preach. And it won't be, it won't have anything to do with what they're preaching, Sister Martha. Or I'll be worshiping. Maybe it, maybe it's in prayer. I can't tell you, brother, brother Tim, if I've ever gotten a word from God by saying, God, I need a word. I don't know that's ever happened. That's something you other preachers may tell me that, that that works for you. Brother, Brother Polly, I don't know if that's ever worked for me but I'll tell you when God talks is when we're in an atmosphere of worship Or an atmosphere where somebody's preaching and the people are responding. It's an atmosphere where God begins to impart into people's lives. Let me tell you where else God imparts. He imparts around an altar after the word of God has come. People gather around an altar. Maybe you kneel. Maybe you stand. But God begins to talk in those atmospheres and impart understanding. Let me tell you, there's a difference between head knowledge and revelation from God. Revelation from God comes and it's like a light bulb comes on in your head and where you had confusion there is all the sudden clarity. Where you had doubt all of a sudden there is faith. It comes sometimes in an altar and we need to stress that we need to worship God, we need to be dialed in and responding to the preaching and we need to press into an altar after the service. Why? Because those are places where God imparts what we need. Somebody clap here hands unto the lord we need a spiritual impartation and so it happens in a spiritual environment let me just step back and and give you a little aside and tell you i love glenn ferris apostolic church little hand from the smales family (laughs) we love let me tell you why i love glenn ferris apostolic church sister martha because it's like a greenhouse. What's he talking about? <laughs> now I got splain. <laughs> Plants grow really good in a nice, warm environment. And this church is a nice, warm environment. I'm not talking about just that you love people, but we worship God and it creates an atmosphere where people, where the word can germinate in people's lives and they can grow quickly and they can grow into strong spiritual people because of the environment and we are keepers of that environment. We need to make sure that even when we don't feel like worshiping, we're going to worship. Even when, God forbid, we've come in with a bad attitude, we're going to pray through as quick as we can and then enter into the presence of God. Why? Because it is going to help other people who it's a it's an environment. I want you to just kind of see this church as a greenhouse where people can come in and grow. Where preachers and ministries and apostles and prophets and church planners and missionaries can be birthed. It's yeah. exactly where I want I want you to know this pastor's vision. And that is, I believe in the hills and hollers around Glen Ferris that there are people who have yet to be in their first apostolic church service, but they're going to go plant churches, brother Polly. God's going to call them overseas, and they're going to pray through thousands of people. They're going to pray through more people than would fit in this building. I believe God has chosen. Folks, we haven't even seen them yet. Oh, I felt something whenever the missionary says, "I'm looking for my Saul," because I believe. Hey. I believe there's some Saul's in town. I believe there's some Cornelius's around here. And this church is going to be the seed bed. This church is going to be the hothouse. This church is going to be the place where ministries are birthed, grown, and then set out. Because that's what you do with a plant. You set it out and it's going to... I believe, I believe that with everything that's in me. I be... Hallelujah. I believe that with everything that is in me. Why? Oh, man. Can I tell you that this church is, has been and is about spiritual impartation? And one of the principles of spiritual impartation is multiplication. That's why... Haley, I said I was going to be short. I'm going to try not to lie. But that is why... You can have a bishop, Frank Bounds, come here and plant a church here. And he'll go to Salt Lake City and plant a church there. And I think he helped Brother Aaron in Zanesville establish one or two works. So you you know the numbers better than me. A handful. But you have an Aaron Bounds who go to Zanesville and they have how many daughter works. Six daughter works right now. Wait a minute, I, I, I'm feeling a little multiplication here. Hold on just a minute. And, and a man named Noe Barrientos will go to Zanesville, pray through to the Holy Ghost, Brother Pat, and go back to Guatemala and start seven churches himself in seven years. And he's not done yet. I was going to tell you, in in seven years, we're probably going to look at 20 in Guatemala. Why? Because there's a multiplication in spiritual impartation. Brother Pat mentioned this the other day, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment that flowed down the beard of Aaron even to the skirts of his garment. He said that unity, and I thank God for unity, but he said unity is like an anointing. It flows downward. And then, Brother John, he goes on and he says, it is like the dew Dew of Herman. Let me tell you about the do of Herman. I, I need a clock or something. I'm going to preach too long if I'm not careful. Let me tell you about the do of Herman. Now, Herman was not one of the Munsters. Don't get confused. There's only a few people in this room who know what I'm talking about. You know who the Munsters are, bro? It's okay. Good. You're. That's good. Hey. I've lost this whole sermon. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Herman is the highest point in Israel, the highest elevation in Israel. And he said it's like the dew of Herman. I was in the Great Smoky Mountains on our first anniversary. We we're still on our honeymoon after eighteen years. We just haven't caught brother Gartlett's yet. Fifty-five. We're on our first anniversary in the Smoky Mountains, and we are going up to Klingman's Dome. Has anybody ever been to Klingman's Dome? In yeah, okay, okay. It's the highest point in Tennessee, and we're going up this road. And for one of the few times in the last eighteen years, she was driving. You remember you were driving to Gling- it's true. We were in a maroon two thousand four F one fifty. And we're driving up this road to Clingman's Dome. And they're called the Smoky Mountains because of, uh, you know, those clouds are up there and they, they look smoky, right? So you have this fog once you get up in the mountains. And we're driving up the mountain and I start looking at the rocks, Brother Josh. And because of the condensation, those rocks, everything's wet, And there's just water running down the side of the rock. It's not coming from a spring or anything, Brother Pat. It's just the dew that is on the rocks. You get up there, Brother John, everything is is dripping with dew. And we're going up that road, and I had a revelation, bro. And I'm over here crying. She probably thought I'd lost my marbles after only one year of marriage. But I realized, Sister Beth, that that was dew up there on top of the mountain. But as it descended, by the time it got to the bottom of the mountain, it was the Pigeon River. It was the little Pigeon River. So what I want you to understand, Brother Pat, is spiritual impartation. It starts at the top, and it's like that oil that flows down. It is that anointing. But it starts like dew. But by the time it gets down to the bottom, it's not dew anymore. It is a river. And that's what's happening in the end time. Is We're going to look back, and we're going to look at great church planters, like Frank Bounds. And we're going to say, wow, that man planted three churches in his lifetime, but we're going to look two or three or four generations down and we're going to see hundreds of churches as a result of just being in submission, being in unity and the multiplication of spiritual impartation we are in the end time and God is doing awesome things, he saved the best for last let me hasten to a close Numbers chapter 11 verse number 16 and 17 I just want to, want to leave you with this one last thought, and that is from these verses. Numbers 11, the Lord said to Moses, let me, let me just sort of preface it. You can stand and I'll, I'll, that will help me to hasten to a close. In verse 15, don't put it up there. In verse 15, Moses is so stressed out, he says, God, just kill me. Verse 16, you can put that up there. <laughs> Verse 16, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto, the, unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, unto whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, officers over them, and bring them into the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. And I will come down and talk with thee there and I will take of the Spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, and thou, that thou bear it not thyself alone. The last point I want to make for you today is that the pastor is not the only one who can spiritually impart. So when you come into the house of God and the preacher doesn't pray for you, that's okay, because there's others in the congregation that are also gifted. When you come into the house of God and you feel like you're not, you're not sufficient or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. It's not about you. It's about what God has put on the inside of you. If He has filled you with the Holy Ghost, He's given you the greatest gift on planet earth, and we need to have confidence that God knows what He is doing. And we need to seek for a spiritual Impartation. Why don't we lift our hands right now? God. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I loose the gift of faith to fall on this congregation. Not faith to work, work miracles, but faith to believe what you are doing in their lives. You said, God, that... Y- You have started, you have begun a good work in every individual in this place and you are going to complete it in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, right now, I'm asking for every minister and every leader in this house to have a supernatural impartation of faith of confidence in you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ cause your gifting to fall on them God make us into conduits that you can use I pray for every individual in this place right now to have faith and confidence that you do want to impart things into our almighty God right now for everybody under the sound of my voice if you came into this place with confusion I want you to seek the face of God right now because he's got clarity for you. You may never understand it, but God's got clarity for you. You may never understand it, but God's going to give you a supernatural gift to trust Him in the middle of the mess. You may have come in here struggling with your life, but God wants to impart strength to you in this place.